Welcome to the Asian CRE Network podcast. I am Jerry Wan, your host for the show and one of the co-founders of the Asian CRE Network. And today we are excited to welcome you to episode four of our podcast, where we share a discussion that Karina and I had with Amanda Callips, a principal at Walcott Architecture. We talked about back in May about how businesses, landlords, and employees can get ourselves ready to go back to work, to the office, uh, whenever that may be. We recorded this a couple months ago in May as a part of our web speaker series within the Asian Security Network Facebook group. And as we look at the state of things in July, still very relevant conversations, perhaps with a little bit more concern or a little bit more excitement, depending on what part of the country you're in, to get back to the office. We hope you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and relevant to what you are planning to do for your team, for your tenants, and for yourself as we get back ready to go to work. This is the last of the four interviews that we had uh, within the Facebook group. So come back next week, subscribe, and tell a friend as starting next week, we'll have fresh interviews with guests and friends about the world of commercial real estate and members of the Asian CRE Network. If you haven't joined yet, please join us on Facebook, or you can just find us on asiancrenetwork.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Here now is our conversation with Amanda. Welcome, everybody, to the Asian Commercial Real Estate Network here on Facebook. I am Jerry. I'm here with my partner, Karina, and we have a very special guest today. We're going to talk about going back to the office and all the things that are on people's minds, whether you're an employee or an employer or a landlord, everybody in the industry and everybody who works in an office. We have some questions, perhaps some concerns, but definitely questions about what the office is going to look like uh, when we go back. Uh, for sure, we will go back. Uh, depending on where you are in the country and where you're in the world, that might be happening sooner than later. But eventually, we will try to get back to the office and try to do business uh, as normal as we can. Um, so, Karina, please uh, introduce our guests today. And uh, yeah. Yeah, welcome, community. This is our fourth uh, speaker series, and we're lucky to have Amanda Caleb, who is a principal at Walcott Architecture. I'll let her uh, introduce herself a little bit more, but we're really lucky to have her today. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, thanks for having me. So uh, my name is Amanda Collops. I'm one of the partners and principals of Walcott Architecture. We're based out of uh, Los Angeles, uh, an office in Culver City in downtown LA. Um, the scene behind me is our wonderful team of about 70 people. And uh, we've been working remote since March uh, 17th. And uh, we focus on commercial interiors and architecture. And uh, and these topics that we're gonna talk about today are on the forefront of both our minds as we design space and re-enter ourselves back into our workplace, um, but also to our clients, which are you know, many Southern California tenants, corporate clients, developers, and um, building owners. So uh, pleasure to be here. Great, thank you. So hopefully we're all gonna get back to work sooner rather than later. What are some of the steps that landlords and employers are taking right now to make tenants feel safe to actually go back to the office, go back to work? Um, you know, we've seen uh, several different approaches, and I think I'm probably not alone on the number of webinars and seminars and things that we've been inundated with over the course of the last couple months, which there are some common threads. Um, and one of them, I think, on the reentry. Uh, first and foremost is communication with the with the team that's that's going back into the space. Um, a lot of our clients, including ourselves, are conducting surveys to understand how everybody is doing working from home and what are the biggest challenges coming back and maybe fears coming back into the workplace. Um, from a 
from a re-entry standpoint, um, and we're doing this ourselves on a smaller scale, but rolling it out potentially for clients, is uh, developing a, a welcome back package and trying to make it as positive as we can, but also focus on safety and wellness um, and what are going to be some of the new protocols as people uh, re-enter. For instance, um, we're, we're putting together a, a package with uh, PPE, you know, mask, gloves. Um, we're branding it for our firm, and I think that's kind of a fun way to do that for other companies as well. Um, we're putting together a, a, a digital and paper copy of uh, kind of the manual of what you need to know when you come back into the space. And where we can, we're layering in the landlord's, you know, uh, package at the back of ours, so we're working in concert with them. Um, we, we're including, you know, UV wands, uh, sanitary, uh, hand cleaner, all the kind of the, the things that you would imagine you would need when you re-enter the workplace. Um, the other thing that we found is, um, and from an architectural perspective, the fears around it being an airborne virus, uh, we're also going through in sanitizing our office in advance, um, replacing and flushing out the systems, replacing HEPA filters, so that when we are back up and running, you know, we're doing everything we can to keep the air quality as, as, uh, as safe as possible. Thanks for that. And I know there's a lot of concerns from the landlord perspective. Um, we, we keep talking about this day one, but it's going to be multiple day ones, depending on uh, what industry you're in, what city you're located in. And um, many companies, even though they may have the green light, are uh, you know, using a tiered approach to make sure that not everybody is coming back at the same time. Um, what are some conversations you're having and you're hearing from the landlord and perhaps the larger employer side on what are some structural things that they're thinking about as we get back to uh, welcome people back in? You know, uh, a couple of our larger clients that have satellite offices in and around uh, southern and middle of California um, are, again, starting with that survey. So they're asking questions like, you know, are you 100% healthy? Uh, are you over 65? Do you have children at home? Have you traveled? Has anyone traveled with you? And, and really using those answers as some of the criteria of who should come back first. Um, we also found um, through some of our clients that this, this other conversation about who's really thriving working from home and who's really feeling like, I want to go, I really want to go back, um, maybe an introvert, extrovert conversation. Um, and also trying to weigh that in. So when we do come back in, and most of our clients are planning on coming back in and sort of a shift approach, not everybody obviously at the same time, they're using those criteria as well as who really needs to be in the office to do uh, an effective job. You know, in, in our business design and architecture, we've had to have uh, the technology shore up how we deal with collaborations with our clients and the touch and feel and, and you know, that whole element we've had to move over. Certainly for us, it will be, um, I think, important for some of us to come back in the workforce and have that interaction again. But for some, I don't think they need to go back if they're, you know, if they're functioning really well and can work from home and, and, uh, and it's probably safer to not have everyone just come back to come back unless the job, you know, and the responsibilities and uh, kind of the supervision moment and collaboration is required. Yeah, that's a good point. So obviously working from home, some people thrive more than others, right? And so if you have to actually physically go into the office on the architecture side, what are some of the things that you've seen that people are doing building out furniture systems, 
uh, you know, six feet apart? Like what are some build outs or architecture that you guys have been talking about with landlords and employers? Yeah, um, you know, it's it does start with the base building and and the entry in. So we're being thoughtful working with um, building owners on from the moment you pull in to the parking structure, you touch the elevator button, you know, everything moving over to more of an automated touchless system as quickly as possible. Um, obviously bumping up the number of cleaning and the amount of cleaning um, throughout the day is going to be a, have a big impact. Um, and the, the, the kind of cueing and wayfinding to, you know, to, to guide people through the space in a safe way so that if you are waiting for the elevator, you're not in, you know, in close proximity to somebody else. Uh, and then once up in the space, um, it's funny, we have some clients that have gone really conservatively and we're, we're still in the planning stages. Maybe they've ordered the furniture that they think they're going to install, but it's not here yet. So there's conversations about, okay, we need to populate every other station because they're closer than six feet apart. I mean, the six foot benchmark is definitely uh, like the, the low bar on most mm -hmm. of the conversations. Um, but from there, it builds up to, do we raise panels? You know, do we put glass partitions up higher on the short term and then take them down, hopefully, you know, knock on wood over the next 12 to 18 months when hopefully things go back to normal and not reinvent their whole space for something that a lot of our clients, again, more on the progressive side, feel like this is going to be a temporary blip. Um, some of our more conservative clients have redesigned based on a new standard and have balanced that you know density question of day one they might not fit the same number of people but day three they probably won't have the same number of people working in the space so it's it's kind of a balancing act and it's been a really interesting conversation with several of our clients let's stay on the topic of density because it's been a buzzword particularly as co-working and flex has gotten uh, majorly popular and almost a household concept and an option that many of our clients and friends and even ourselves have considered as, as we navigate commercial real estate. Um, the name of the game in that space is a numbers game. The more dense, the more money, you know, you're trying to pack more people into smaller space and have more communal areas. Um, what, is, what does that look like from your perspective as should people be concerned about going back into co-working spaces and what can co-working and flex operators do in addition to having a landlord's perspective and going above and beyond to make sure that's a safe place. Yeah, I mean, it does probably start with some kind of a check-in. We've had several um, clients, including tenants that own their building that are gonna put in a, you know, sort of a, uh, a health, health check-in with, do they have a fever, are they healthy before they can even come into the space? Um, and then as far as co-working, I think, you know, again, short term, we've we've heard from several of our co-working um, clients that they're not really going to change the model so much. They're definitely upping the number of hand sanitizing stations and um, graphics and and back to kind of cues that they want people to be responsive and respectful of, and sort of the rules of the of the current game, if you will. Um, we're working on one right now where instead of changing the the size and, and increasing it from four foot which is what it is right now a lot of the co-working spaces the actual focus area is pretty small to just again for the short short term making two desks equal one for the time being and then convert some of the smaller team rooms and huddle rooms which right now if it's a room that's small enough to have four people it's probably going to get converted to a single use uh, office because it's it's not going to meet the proximity uh, limitations 
Um, we are doing one right now where instead of incorporating a bunch of graphics and sort of temporary uh, things, they are having us um, use carpet and finishes as a way to, to kind of designate zones or spaces um, with, with so, so that, that way it's a cue for the individual to kind of know this is my zone. Um, but it is, it's complicated because, you know, we have to think about increasing aisle widths because if you're sitting less, more than six feet apart and then you stand up and you walk across, I mean, it, it kind of defeats the purpose. So balancing that too is, is part of the, part of the solution, I think. Yeah, there's so much that goes into that. So I guess, you know, there's the lead standard, there's the green initiatives, all these things, right? So everything that you're talking about, eventually, do you see um, some kind of grading or rating system for kind of post COVID-19 and how are landlords going to be kind of, you know, graded on that? Do you see you know, that? It's funny. I, uh, I was speaking with a colleague, you know, again, kind of have these uh, panel discussions and things to stay uh, in the know. Um, Janet ASAP, who, who focuses on well and lead and sustainability. And, you know, Dallas and, and their group, which kind of leads that up, hasn't been able to really come up with a, with a standard yet. And they're still really working closely with the larger um, uh, brokerage houses to test out in, in sort of their Mayo Clinic lab, um, the, the principles that we're all talking about right now, so that they can come back to us and say, and, and really looking at it as a, as a longer throw, not six months, 12 months, but when we come back 18, 24 months out, what are gonna be best practices to avoid a pandemic like this again? and to create the safest, but also a, a functioning work environment. So I don't think they have timing on when those tests and, and sort of the, the, the lab work is gonna be done, but it'll be interesting to see what the, what the output is. Um, she also referenced, and I'm, I'm definitely gonna check out his, uh, his material, uh, Dr. Joseph Allen at Harvard, who is focusing on kind of the hierarchy of control and how much you can control. He focuses on the, um, health and wellness for the building environment, which is kind of a niche and has been a niche. So a lot of her colleagues are really tapping into his, his, um, his suggestions as the, as, the, um, as the template as they roll forward on lead and well. But they, there isn't, unfortunately, um, a, a new published well standard for post-COVID at this point. Thank you. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier um, when we've been talking a lot about going back to work, but the reality for many of us, and as we're, the three of us are all checking in from home, is how do we work best from the current situation that we have? Uh, many people's and many organizations' strategies will vary greatly, but some of it will include, as you mentioned, some people staying back, whether out of abundance of caution or just the new normal of maybe you never needed to be in the office anyway. And depending on people's personal and family situations, that might be. Um, talk to us a little bit about the discussions around ergonomics at home. Um, so I think, you know, it happened very quickly, but everybody was just told by and large to pack up your laptop and just work from home. Yeah. Um, but if people were granted and had access to um, ergonomic type of furniture, surroundings, monitors, we've heard from some larger tech uh, client friends or tech company friends you know, um, Google sent monitors home and other things to make working at home easier. Um, what does that look like from a home office perspective? What are some obligations or options that employers can look at to make sure that um, as we go from a reactionary, it's gonna be a few weeks to now what may seem longer, um, what does working at home look like from that perspective? 
you know, you kind of set me up there, Jerry, because uh, right when this came on board and we were our own guinea pigs uh, at this new initiative through Walcott called Homework um, is making work at home work. And um, it started with obviously, I think for everybody getting the technology up and running, because if you don't have the equipment you need, the connection, you know, it's a non-starter. Um, but then we saw it really as a more holistic approach and uh, have partnered with a couple furniture dealers and manufacturers in Southern California and also brought in some uh, IT integrators, audiovisual lighting experts, acoustics, because it's not just getting somebody a sit stand desk and an ergonomic task chair and you're done, right? It's more and more we have these calls or Zoom meetings, um, setting them up in a zone that's intended for that with you know, proper lighting, um, proper acoustics, the dogs, you know, in the background, how, how do you set people up so that they can function? And it's not a one size fits all, you know, so looking at the demographic too, of a lot of people, including myself that have kids at home that are not in school. Um, so we, we sort of have approached it from a design perspective of um, creating zones and almost like you would in the office space, creating protocols around those zones that both educate, maybe you have two adults working in the same space, you know, setting them up properly with the proximity, um, also their kids, you know, setting up kind of a classroom moment for them, and then bringing in uh, like our in-house experts from the lighting, acoustical, and furniture perspective and kind of looking at it holistically. I think the challenge is, and we, you know, our, our goal is to roll this out and assist our, our current clients that are struggling maybe with some people working from home through surveys they've conducted. But on the larger throw, maybe we can create a kit of parts that does make it a little bit more standardized so we can get them out quickly. You know, everyone's just kind of ad hoc making it work. Um, but I, again, I think it, it's also uh, from an IT perspective, um, we're all working all the time more than ever. You know, there were a lot of people that were already working remote, um, but now, you know, balancing uh, childcare, which has come up quite a bit with our clients in, in the go back to the office, it, it, it's not solved for, you know, public transportation, not solved for. Uh, so working from home, we need to have IT help desk kind of 24 seven. So even some smaller companies that might've relied on a, on a, you know, part-time person to assist their team, we're finding that that's, that's becoming part of a requirement to bring someone on full-time to be there to support uh, technology issues which can happen really any anytime and do, right? Right. Well, great. Well, thank you, Amanda. It's such great information. I know you're part of our uh, Facebook group already. Yeah. Um, we're going to post your contact info. If anybody has any questions, uh, you can find Amanda through our group. And we'll also post her personal contact information from her company there and any other resources that we referenced today. Thanks again, Amanda. Yeah, stay safe. And uh, thanks for having me again. Have a Bye. great day. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we hope you found the information helpful and relevant as we all ready ourselves to get back to work and to advise our clients to get back to work in the safest way possible. Please reach out to Amanda if you have any questions about the things that she mentioned on the show or if you'd like perspective on how to design or redesign your office. And you can find Amanda in the Facebook group or just look up Walcott Architecture. I want to thank Amanda for giving us her time and her insight uh, for our audience, and we invite you to come back and join. If you or somebody you know would like to join us on the Agency Network to discuss your story, your expertise, or just your perspectives on anything related to commercial real estate, please let us know. You can shoot us a DM through the Instagram or join us on the Facebook group, or just let us know 
by emailing either Jerry or Karina, and you can find our email addresses below in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in. Please be safe, please be healthy, and don't forget to smile. This has been your host, Jerry Wan, and I'll see you next time here on the Asian CRE Network.